You're listening to Panel Borders on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Alex Fitch, and this is Resonance's weekly show about the world of comics. In today's show, which continues our month of episodes looking at the connections between fine art and comics, we have our yearly look at how art from comic books is displayed in the gallery space. Later in the show, in a conversation recorded at Phoenix Brighton, I'm talking to fine art lecturer Sue Golifer, curator Karen Morey, exhibition designer Ben Thompson, and artist Ian Paxson about the exhibition of artists' books currently on display in the gallery, press and release. However, before that, in a pair of interviews recorded outside Occupy My Time Gallery on Resolution Way in Deptford, I'm talking to gallery owner and curator Sue Cohen and artist Sarah Lightman about the latter's exhibition, The Book of Sarah, which previews her forthcoming graphic novel from Myriad Editions. I'm talking to Sue Cohen, director of Occupy My Time Gallery at Enclave 9 Revolution Way uh, in Deptford. We're standing outside the current exhibition, which is The Book of Sarah by Sarah Lightman. Pages from her forthcoming diary comic stroke graphic novel, which is being published by Myriad in a couple of years' time. Could you talk about how you came to be exhibiting the work in this space? Uh, Yes, I've worked with Sarah um, quite a few times now. We first met um, in 2005... Um, she came to, sh- to see a show that I was doing and very kindly invited me to work with her. And so this is the first time that I've managed to show Sarah's work. Mm. And she's very kindly shown my work about three times. So we've, we've kind of got together over the last year and discussed how she would like to use the gallery mm. and how her work was developing. And she had this idea of, of the book of Sarah in her mind um, and at that stage she wanted to take it into a space Um, and I liked the idea very much it had some kind of links with my own practice um, and I thought it would work very well Mm. within within the space here in Deptford Mm. So between the pair of you did you come up with the way that the art was going to be displayed in the space because it's interesting that presumably when it's reproduced as a book what we see as a page of art on the wall right now will be reproduced as a page in the book but what you're doing is displaying grids of nine pages which is almost like uh, a giant comic book page because it kind of like mimics the grid panel layout you might find in some graphic novels uh yes to be honest i didn't exactly know how it was going to look okay um until quite recently and i think sarah had gone through a process of working through her ideas and on how best to put this together and the idea of the book and the images I think grew together Mm. so it was Sarah who came up with with that plan Mm. Um, working through her ideas yes on talking to me and and seeing what would work best. How long has the the gallery been open and where does this exhibition kind of fit within the type of art that you normally exhibit? 
the gallery's been open a year this June. Our first show was the 15th of June. I think in terms of, of where it fits in with, with our other shows, I, I tend not to have a gallery theme. Some galleries will work within just installation or photography, etc. I don't work within those limits. Um, I, I like to work with the artists for a while before I show them. Um, I get used to how they work, how it would work in the gallery. So I kind of grow to love their work and to understand their work. And that's, that's how I select. Okay. Um, I, I do that rather than select on theme. Mm. I suppose I leave it to others to decide if there is a house style. Mm. I have asked people, actually, and they've, <laughs> they've, they've said possibly not. No. Okay. But I, I like to, to, to work with artists that I know have mm. got some kind of long levity as well. Mm. Um, but to put this show into contact, uh, into context, what kind of work have you exhibited over the past year? Um, we have shown, for instance, Greg Rook, who had a big solo show here back in October. Mm-hmm. He is now represented by Fred's Gallery. He does large paintings that are based on the uh, BBC television series Survivors huh, in the okay. 70s. Wow. And again, he takes bits from history, paintings, landscape painting from Constable, Mm. and stories from that show and survival, and communities that live outside Mm. the norm. I've shown the previous show, uh, it was a group show, and that had a theme Mm. called Cold Climate, and that could have gone in any direction, emotional, political, emotional. Um, I've shown... Shona Davis and Dave Mahanagran and their work again kind of had quite a strong theme which came from stories personal and stories mm. told to them through it, through possibly care mm. um, with the elderly so I suppose maybe the theme is stories <laughs> <laughs> maybe there is a theme maybe it, yeah there, there has to be some kind of story going on that we can mm. pick at and relate to and, and draw from and, and that draws you in so. but it's interesting because narrative based art seems to be something that's very much underrepresented in galleries and yet it's something that's very commonly uh, reprinted as artist books, as graphic novels and so on. Where do you think that disparity comes from? Fashion, maybe. Okay. Maybe fashion, I don't know. I don't know, I mean, I, I feel that, uh, that there is a lot of artists working within that field, within mm. the narrative field. And I'm quite interested in working with that and seeing that people are coming out of college, if you see a lot mm. of the degree shows, mm. they are kind of using that that theme as as, uh, quite strongly I feel Um, so yeah I I feel that it is becoming popular Mm. again I don't like fashion I don't like the idea of things coming in and out of fashion but yeah I mean hopefully art has become broad again Mm. and it hasn't you know that all artists can only produce conceptual art to be taken seriously Mm. hopefully it's become much broader and artists again have been given the freedom to make work that means something to them personally rather mm. than to the art world, fashion, etc. So, Indeed. I, would you say that there was any kind of um, 
not necessarily aesthetic, but some kind of uh, similar mindfulness behind the programming of all the galleries in the uh, Deptford Enclave. Because a couple of doors down from you, there was a Mike Diana show a couple of months ago who's an American indie comic book artist. And we're not that far away from the old police station, which is also part of the same gallery network, I believe, where there's a group of comic book artists sharing a studio. So it's almost either by accident or design, Deptford seems to be a bit of a home for comic book creators who are working on the fringes of the fine art world and being appreciated by it because of that. Yes, I, I, I do know a lot of fine artists who are using the, the comic book narrative as their, their format, mm. um, as well as painting and sculpture, etc. Mm. Um, and that's really interesting. I think that the gallery that you were talking about is Divas, Mm. Um, and there are publishers as okay. well. Right. Um, they publish art books. I don't quite know what the Deptford connection no. is. I don't know what it's like elsewhere. Mm. I don't know what it's like in you know in other studios across London. I, it's an interesting uh, medium, I think, for artists to use and to cross over into. Mm. And uh, again, I think artists do use a lot of different mediums mm. um, to put their message across. So. And you're, as well as running the gallery, you're a practising artist yourself. And your work also touches on narrative art as well as, um, as telling stories. Yes, it does. It does. I have uh, a series of works around a fictitious character called Gilda. Um, and the works tell stories both um, historical and fictitious across a, a, about a 200 year time span mm. and it links stories about women across that time uh, with contemporary issues as well um, and they're paintings that cross over into installation and sculpture mm. so when they're exhibited together by walking around the gallery you form a narrative yes yes uh, you do have to pick it out uh, then they're not easy stories to follow mm. but yes yes there is a narrative yeah well I look forward to the exhibition of that and everything you have coming up I'm talking to Sarah Lightman and we're at the opening of her solo exhibition the book of Sarah at Enclave 9 Revolution Way Deptford it's kind of halfway through your project of creating the book of Sarah as an eventual graphic novel this is not my first solo show but my first solo show where I'm showing my work in okay. the form of the book making the book the theme of all the artwork in it mm. um, I was just describing it to other people who are here today and I was saying it's like you're in the cave of my life <laughs> um, a bit like those caves from thousands of years ago where people were drawing on their walls and here you walk into this room and my story is all the way around you okay instead of bison it's cupcake tins yes, and absolutely. <laughs> the, those the same aggressors but in different forms I'd say <laughs> and I guess the exhibition not only shows the development of your art over the last couple of years as you've been working on the project but also even the format because some of the pages are landscape and some of them are portrait so did you kind of change that halfway through working on it some of the drawings came in the form of books i bought mm. big hardback books i 
chose them because they were reminiscent of the uh, books of Jewish texts that I was reading at one point when I was more religious and I was kind of making a visual version of those and um, so I actually had to do that quite an iconoclastic act of tearing the pages out of the book mm. building a book and then tearing it up to exhibit it which I think is quite uh, interesting it feels very uncomfortable actually and quite dangerous but actually it works really well I'm really mm. pleased with how it looks um, other drawings in the exhibition come from pages which are easy to take off in different sketchbooks mm. and so those those ones in a way are kind of ready to be exhibited quite early on mm. it doesn't seem to feel that kind of ripping feeling that kind of almost kind of flesh ripping feeling that you get when you tear a book up mm. but what I wanted to do when I framed these works was to make sure you felt these were pages I didn't have them mounted I wanted you to see the edge I wanted you to see that thread that comes off pages when you tear them off the, the slightly torn mm. worn elements I wanted you to feel very much that you were in a book that's been kind of exposed that has to kind of tell its secrets mm then I suppose inevitably that means when the book is finished and published as a graphic novel there will be a discrepancy between the original work. I mean that's obviously inevitable anyway with reproduction but in terms of the different shapes of the pages, the torn edges, that will all be lost when it's reproduced as a graphic novel but I guess you don't mind that because they are two very different media. No, I don't know. I have no idea okay. how it's going to work but I think how interesting in a way I have to break up these books to make the new book. Mm. You know, you have to kind of destroy in a way to create. <laughs> and also, because one's life is never so coherent, it doesn't all fit into one book, you have to kind of make so many books to build one book mm. in of itself. You have to kind of edit and tidy up and kind of release old pages and make other ones more important. And so I think that that's quite exciting as well, this idea mm. of building a coherence from all these multiple of sketchbooks that I've got in my life. You've already had to start that process to a certain extent because there's a reproduction of some of the images from the show in the current issue of Art Review where you've had to condense images from various pages onto one page, creating even more comic booky than perhaps it will eventually no, I, end up. I've never done that before and I, I had the help of somebody called Vic JF. She's an artist and graphic designer and she did that for me. But I, it was a whole new world. But you still did get the sense that some images were repeating themselves and mm. some images were reflected in a kind of a negative positive space than the others so I quite like the fact that you can kind of make these patterns and harmonies uh, with mm. the images as well but yes it is, it's very different I, but I, I think it works well but I'm mm. not sure if that's I don't know if that'll be the way forward I can't tell yet no sure but I guess in exhibiting these pages in the gallery at the moment you're collecting nine panel grids in order so that each image doesn't just exists in isolation you have a bit of a narrative within each frame that's right but at the same time I, my art training makes me want to make each drawing valuable each panel stand on its own mm. um, and I like that but I also like the way that if you make them into nine pictures these three by threes you have a sense that they're like shelves of objects mm. kind of it's yeah. kind of like an order of objects uh, in front of you and I think that's kind of like a cupboard of memories a like wunderkammer absolutely and also because <laughs> they're quite boxy the frame so you definitely feel like these drawings of objects have kind of returned to a sense of uh, a feeling of object again mm. in the meantime while you've been working on this project you've also been curating a touring comic book show as well of Jewish women's autobiographical comic when you were doing that I guess you had to deal with similar concerns as well whether you exhibit individual pages or whether you show them as part of a narrative absolutely and if you have stories which are the pages you want to show so I, I definitely think that's that's a kind of a concern in any curating 
curatorial project. The comics is interesting because I still I think what's so amazing is when you look at so many comics, the artwork is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. You want to kind of in, in, kind of indulge yourself in that page, but you're also drawn to reading the next page and knowing what goes on. So actually, by taking just a few pages of a whole story, you're actually giving those those moments and those drawings a, a, a spotlight, mm-hmm. and um, people can kind of look at them and absorb them just as as visuals as well as narratives. Mm-hmm. And I think that's quite a an important part to do because I think sometimes that art of comics can be overlooked because people because you know they're so these stories are so driven they're so fascinating you get to the end and you can't even remember what half it looked like <laughs> and also so rarely exhibited in uh, exhibitions absolutely because often and I someone said that to me about my work is that the drawing doesn't always reproduce very well so actually seeing the originals gives you a whole new sense of a texture and the depth that's going on and the kind of craftsmanship and the time and the effort and the worth of these things and often in reproduction you lose that so if people only understand comics through books they'll never know the the beautiful work that goes on that never gets shown in the book itself brilliant thank you very much For more information about Occupy My Time Gallery, please go to www.occupymytimearts.yolasite.com. That's occupymytimearts.yolasite.com. And for more information about Sarah's work, please go to sarahlightman.com. The exhibition, The Book of Sarah, is on display at Occupy My Time Gallery, Enclave 9, Resolution Way, Deptford, London, SE8, 4NT, Wednesdays to Saturdays, until the 1st of June 2013. Next, here's my interviews with fine art lecturer Sue Golifer, curator Karen Morey, exhibition designer Ben Thompson, and artist Ian Paxson about the exhibition Press and Release, currently on display at Phoenix Brighton as Ian is also a musician in the band Hamilton Yarns. To give you a flavour of his work, here's a track from his latest album, For the Ones Who Took the Trouble to Include Us in Their Story. Karen, Ian and Sue at the Press and Release exhibition at Phoenix Brighton. We're in front of Ian's little bookcase that's mounted on the wall, which is a selection of handmade artist books and zines, which I guess kind of showcases the parallel artistic career you've had alongside being a musician. Uh, Yeah, I mean, most of these you can see are actually books, booklets that accompany music releases. I've just taken all the music out to kind of hopefully let them stand on their own, you know, just in their own right as a kind of little booklet. And ever since you've been doing music with Hamilton Yarn, there's been a graphic element to each release? Yeah, well, sometimes it feels like the music is an excuse to do a bit of artwork, actually. (laughs) Yeah, because I really like making 
I mean, the way that we make the music is, it's not strictly storytelling, but there's definitely a, a sequential element, you know, and by sort of presenting it with a booklet that's got, obviously got a bit of a story in terms of the way the images are laid out, it mm. can suggest that there is like a genuine sort of narrative to it, even if maybe there isn't, it's just chucked together. Mm. So, um, yeah, so the book, the artwork kind of helps push that within the music, hopefully. Mm. In terms of this being an environment where people enjoy the artwork, read the books, there's also a sonic element. I mean, when you were thinking of the exhibition, Karen, was this space intended to be a more sort of interactive area compared to the more traditional gallery space uh, on the north side of the exhibition? I think it all just sort of evolved organically. And I think um, talking to Ian about his work, some ideas sort of came out of that. You Mm. know, he was talking about taking some of his tiny little sketchbook images and blowing them up too Mm. much, sort of distorting the images into a much larger scale. Mm. And um, so this is a really interesting space for that, where he's actually taking the book out out of the little mm. little book of form and just sort of blowing it up and turning it into something that you can walk through. And I think that, that sort of that just sort of happened as you looked at the space, didn't you? And sort of seeing the different elements of the space where you've got this long corridor and then these doors going into work, workshop rooms and windows and mm. windows inside of the doors. And he's mm. really picked up on all of these things, which other artists using the space didn't really notice yeah. and and then thinking about it as a book you know that you actually yeah. physically move through and you can pick up the book and read the narrative so I think that's sort of how it yeah. worked didn't it and you were even in here as you were setting up you were you sort of had all your saw and everything out here and, yeah. and you were sort of very much responding to the space as you were in here it wasn't all sort of no, I mean, I have ideas, but they kind of go out the window when you turn up and you realise there's these really, well, there's already a really strong kind of visual feature, which is those windows, mm. which I initially was just like, oh, God, you know, I didn't remember them. But actually, it turned out to be, you know, quite nice. And I think, like, what you say, Karen, you know, you've got to use it, especially if you're doing something quite minimal. You can't just mm. stick something quite small on the wall and expect people not to notice there's a massive window next to it you know it's uh, yeah and, and these windows aren't windows onto the street incidentally they're windows those kind of reinforced glass kind of going into the building mm. to work shatterproof yeah, yeah yeah so no it's quite fun I mean I basically got a story that I wrote it's like a rhyme story that I had kind of bubbling away in my unconscious for a bit but when Karen suggested doing something for the show then I thought, okay, I'm going to write a story rather than using an existing mm. book or booklet or piece of music to illustrate, which would have also been quite fun. But I thought I'll just make up something new, and it was a good excuse to kind of get some momentum to finish mm. a story. Um, so I've done this story, which is all in rhyme, basically, um, and it's the story is the window and the tree, and mm. that's what. I've taken off the page if you like and they sort of exploded over the yeah. walls sort of. responding through to also the view of the trees in the park through the window you've created obviously a double sided book because you can't do much about the view through the windows onto the street but what you have done kind of creates a dialogue with it 
Well, yeah, I hope so. I mean, and with the scaffolding. <laughs> but um, actually, at night, it's quite nice. I'm not sure you get the tree shadows, but you get really strong scaffolding shadows on the wall and on the floor. And, um, yeah, I haven't intentionally played with that, but when I was cutting stuff out and the sun was dropping, I was really aware of these big shadows, which is quite, quite nice when you've got a lot of blank wall mm. space, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've been really keenly watching the buds come out. I mean, they've been out for a bit now, but I really needed a drawing of a bud that was just coming out, and I had to wait. It's like, come on, come on. So um, yeah, so I've definitely been watching them. They're looking really good at the moment. Mm. How does this exhibition relate to its predecessors in this space? I mean, how would you say that the Phoenix is indicative of what's going on in the Brighton art scene? Well, I guess the fact that we have 100 artists working in, under the same roof in mm. studios, um, I think what goes on in the gallery hopefully sort of reflects the fact that mm. it's a real creative environment and that mm. there's this palpable sweat of you know, <laughs> working all around us. And mm. we're also on a very busy intersection right, mm. in, you know, right in the middle of the city, so there's lots of traffic going by. And, um, but I suppose the studios are much more sort of quiet, private spaces, and this mm. is sort of the, the public arena where things, mm. you know, where, where things interact with the public. So um, I suppose that's always been Phoenix's unique angle, and, mm. and that's what we're really trying to promote is, is sort of the creative working process in mm. the exhibition, so that in this one, not only can you handle the books and interact with them, but you can mm. go down to that space down at the end, the, the bookends lounge, where there's a, um, some hands-on activities and one of the artists in the studios, Carol Quinn, has mm. put together um, a collaborative project where people can come in and work on a, a book and mm. um, then it goes on to a swing and it's displayed and she's got all kinds of things going on down there. I think there's going to be a plinth for mm. people to use as their soapbox as well so um, yeah I suppose this one's quite interactive <laughs> but it's the program is very diverse mm. I mean Sue you're on the artistic board that I guess has a say in the programming and as a, a lecturer at the University of Brighton just down the road you're used to interacting with students and so I suppose your role here isn't that different in a sense to the kind of interaction you have at the university. No, I mean, I totally agree with you. And I, and I think w w one of the most interesting things about the exhibition, as, as um, Karen has just been talking about, that it, it's very open to, to actually looking at the work without mm. being intimidated by it, you know. Mm. And I hope, you know, we have a number of courses in Brighton at the university that, that do cover book art in various forms, from fine art, which is, you know, printmaking usually, but could be, a, you know, painter or sculptor, to um, graphic design and, and visual communications. Mm. And then we have an MA in sequential illustration which is of course <laughs> very targeted so I hope the students you know have come down and had a look at it and uh, yeah I mean I create shows all over the place really mm. but it's, it's, it's great to sort of have that link with the university and, and Phoenix and, and feel as though I am on the board of the trustees as well so hopefully the, you know, <laughs> that the, we, you know, we can grow that partnership you know, together really I think mm. and it is quite unusual to see an entire exhibition devoted to book art. I mean, I guess in terms of, say, student degree shows, there may be one or two students who will be working 
in illustrational books within the, uh, the context of all the courses that the university teaches. And so mm. you may see that kind of example within an exhibition of, in inverted commas, fine art. But to have an entire exhibition just devoted to the subject seems to be fairly unusual. I think, yes, in that respect, and also the fact that we brought in Ben, who's <laughs> just arrived, um, to actually create the environment for the books. So mm. not only do we have the books themselves, but an actual work of art, which is the presentation of the books. Mm. So um, you can ask Ben about this, but he, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the, it's, it's a very immersive environment, and mm. um, it's... It's, it's another level of interaction with mm. the books and I think he's really wanting to encourage people to you know, sit down and, mm. and actually spend time with the books. They don't reveal themselves all at once. Um, so you know, the exhibition that was here just prior to this one was a painting exhibition. Mm. Um, and then this is almost like, you know, a, almost like a, each book is like lots of little artworks mm. you know, in, in one place. Ben, if you could talk about how setting up this exhibition has differed to previous ones, where you're, I guess, comparing the kind of artwork that people just walk past and engage with on a purely visual level to art that's designed to be picked up and read and therefore presumably presents all sorts of challenges that you don't normally come across in terms of staging an exhibition. Um, yeah, this exhibition, a book exhibition... There's just so much in a in a book from between its covers, mm. so you really have to be able to handle the objects, and obviously some of them are very delicate. Mm. And um, they, I mean, for me, I think it's a sort of intimate kind of relationship that you have, which you don't have possibly so much if you're going to. Uh, maybe a two-dimensional exhibition of work Mm. um, because you're generally picking up things and looking at them quite you know, they're actually in your hand you're feeling the textures of the pages and and then you're exploring people's thoughts and the way they've come about made made these things, I suppose that does happen when you're working when you're looking with uh, a two-dimensional work, but somehow mm. this is a very intimate experience, I think, mm. when you've got a book in your hands. And I wanted to be able to let people have that experience and also protect the work. And, I mean, basically what I've made are glorified plinths, really. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't know whether there's something... That I really respond to in books mm. that's made me excited to be able to make these glorified plinths mm. and uh, places for people to come and interact with them. But obviously, there is a huge amount of variety in terms of the way you've displayed the items in the exhibition. There are a couple of really fun boxes where people can sit down and put their hands into gloves in order to handle the books within a controlled space, which is a bit like. I don't know, you might think nuclear power rods are kind of handled in in laboratories. And so you're being very playful with the way that the audience interacts with the items in perhaps a way that people might not expect. Yeah, well, hopefully... Actually, I think that was a really good analogy about the nuclear power (laughs) thing, because that's actually what I was definitely thinking about. And the way that you can see somebody else also interacting 
mm. uh, just opposite you, and you can actually pass them the, the nuclear rods inside <laughs> the box. Indeed, you pass them backwards and forwards, and I suppose that's yeah. I mean, it is playful. I, mm. I like that kind of thing. I mean, so much work in that exhibition. Yeah, I could have spent another couple of months at least. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, kind of going from something that's uh, very scientific in its approach to something that has an air of a kind of religious reverence is the first exhibit you come to when you go into the North Gallery and turn left is kind of a sculpture that is like an exploded uh, comic book panel with um, words behind the characters and that's low down with a press and release cushion on the floor in front of which which almost kind of encourages people to kneel in front of the sculpture as if it was some kind of Christian act of worship. I mean, I don't know if that was something you intended, but there is kind of a touch of the um, nativity scene, you know, in the uh, presentation of that work, for example. Yeah, the, yes, the kneelers, they, mm. they were yeah, pinched off the Catholic Church, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, but uh, they're, not, they're not religious in that way, but mm. I think but is also part of that thing of being intimate with mm. with the work and getting down and kneeling down to it. Another thing was um, that the exhibition was uh, specifically made so that wheelchair users could get around to it. And I was thinking about low-level things, and one of the things I thought we could do also was have these kneelers that we could sort of more or less kneel down to these books and a little bit reverential mm. but not in a religious way mm. but, but well also in a playful way the yeah. fact that the cushion has press written on the top of it and that's exactly what you're doing when you kneel on it yeah and, <laughs> and releasing when you when you get up that's true yeah <laughs> thinking of the relationship between artist books and sequential art though some of the pieces in this exhibition do very clearly relate to comics in terms of stories that sort of told from page to page where the art and the text are very much interrelated. Have you kind of seen that in people's work in terms of perhaps gallery visitors coming along and wanting to read the art or the, the book works as stories and perhaps being challenged by the nature of the way a story is told through art? I think that the thing about artist books is that you have the, the, the book structure and the mm. traditional book structure and a lot of um, people who do artist books um, like to you know, play with the format and really sort of push the envelope mm. so you do get um, quite a few artists that are not necessarily working with the narrative they're working more visually mm. or structurally or sculpturally mm. um, other artists are actually using words and language and playing with sound and using language in a much more concrete way you know within a, a book which is a physical object mm. so I think that objectness of the book is another almost another element which mm. um, um, I think just adds another dimension to the whole experience of it. Mm. I mean, thinking of you know the combination of uh, sequential images and its presentation, I mean, that kind of brings us back to your work in 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 the sense that one of your early slideshows, for example, that accompanied uh, I guess a performance you did in two thousand and nine, was reissued as a screen print where the individual images were placed side by side, therefore kind of creating a comic. I mean, those transformations of one medium to another because it's very present in your work in terms of moving from sound to image 
from image to book, from slideshow to sequential art. Yeah, I suppose it's just a different way of getting people to look at stuff you've done. Mm. So, yeah, I, I like the comic. I never really think that I make comic books, but yeah, anything really that shows things in a in an order. You know, it's <laughs> uh, something quite something quite sweet about just mm. trying to order someone in a direction across different pictures. You know, mm. they can go whichever way they want. But I think we've we've all been trained well enough to know that. Well, in, at least in this culture, we go left to right, and yeah. you know, we kind of follow that respect for the book. I mean, at the same time, a lot of people open the book and go back to front. I do it all the time. Actually, <laughs> people who normally read sports and newspapers. I yeah, guess. yeah. I mean, I've been doing that with books here. You know, just. But, um, yeah, it's just a different way of showing it. I mean, with the slides, you know, you can't really take them home with you, mm. apart from maybe in your mind, and it's just a nice way of presenting it as a, like a comic strip, single comic strip. Mm. Yeah, that was that, what you were referring to, it was uh, Bird Boy. Mm. I did make a little book, actually, as, uh-huh. as well. Now. I, I ended up, this was later on, I made a book, it's almost like just using the same stuff to write what, what's another way I can show this mm. you know it's quite fun to explore though, what works best you know. Karen just thinking of the next few weeks the exhibition I believe you've got some live events coming up yes let's see on the 25th there's Shaking the Shelf which is the uh, performing books so in, in addition to Ian there's several other of the exhibitors who mm. for whom performance is um, quite an important part of their work. So Carolina mm. Diaz, um, who does uh, Bhutto dance, and she will be performing with Jeff Lee on flute, and then um, Bones in the Aft, which is John Bentley. Mm. Um, he's got a band. They've got this pop-up set, which is almost mm. like a giant book, which is transportable and unfolds into a large set. So um, they're going to be coming down from London and performing a book. I don't quite know. I can't quite <laughs> picture how that's going to happen. But. And then um, Labor Toro, which is Chilis de Toro, and probably some of his friends will be sort of promenading through the exhibition. Mm. Also Jackie Beatty, mm. who's a really interesting art- artist who does um, lots of zines mm. and um, sketchbooks and she mm. likes to have a good rant about <laughs> modern life. She has a, a damp flat books is her <laughs> publishing name and she's going to be talking about her work as well. Cool. So it'll be a celebration for all the bookie people. <laughs> and then um, on the 1st of June, Saturday afternoon, um, it's called Off the Page, which is a um, uh, event with workshops and talks and activities and um, just a place for people to come and do some hands-on things, making books. There'll mm. be some free workshops. And um, Bor Bonessa, which is a collaborative trio of artists, are going to be talking about their work. Um, Jackie Beatty is going to be doing another uh, a workshop, a zine workshop. And the Sussex Book Art Collective, which is a group of um, local artists, will be here wanting to talk to people about artist books and Lucy Mae Schofield is coming down from Birmingham and she does um, bibliotherapy Mm. so she's going to bring down a whole library of her books and she's going to be having 
one-to-one therapy sessions with people so they can come along and talk to her and she'll recommend some books that might help with whatever people need help with. So um, that should be really interesting. I'm looking forward to a session of that. I think I need it now. Um, and there may be some other things happening as well. We're still, we're still mm. developing it. But we hope that it will be a chance for people to just um, find out more about what's going on with artist books and um, you know artists who make books hopefully they'll come along and we'd like to meet more people because we hope this is an exhibition that will build into the future and we'll have more exhibitions along this line with different focuses and different geographical from artists from different parts of the world this may be the start if it, <laughs> if it, if it really takes off brilliant thank you all very much For more information about Phoenix Brighton Gallery, please go to phoenixbrighton.org. And for more information about Ian's work with Hamilton Yarns, please go to hamiltonyarns.co.uk. The exhibition Press and Release is on display at Phoenix Brighton, 10-14 Waterloo Place, BN2-9NB, Wednesdays to Sundays, until the 9th of June. Another exhibition that details the connections between comic books and fine art is the Image Duplicator Show at Orbital Comics Gallery, 8 Great Newport Street, near Leicester Square Tube in London, where a collection of comic book artists are responding to the Lichtenstein exhibition currently on at Tate Modern by reappropriating comic book panels that Lichtenstein used as the inspiration for his work, reappropriating them as new works themselves, but also crediting the original comic book artists who created them. Also in London, the work of Dave McKean is on display at Illustration Cupboard on Berry Street, Central London, near Green Park Station. You can find more information about that at illustrationcupboard.com. And for yet another exhibition of comic book art, as well as the permanent collection, there is the Cartoon Museum on Little Russell Street, near Tottencourt Road Tube. Their current exhibition is looking at Ralph Steadman, and that runs until the autumn. Panel Borders was recorded, edited, and introduced by Alex Fitch, is a Panel Borders production, and there'll be a new episode at the same time next week. Thanks for listening.